Welcome to Hebrews at Conversation Cafe. I'm Ricky Allen. I believe all relationships matter. They are the greatest treasures. How we maintain them are the greatest legacies. This podcast is a unique brew of real people with real talk about real life experiences. So, if you're driving, keep your eyes on the road and your hands on the wheel. If you're somewhere sitting, sit back, relax, and be still. Let's get the conversation started. Hello, friends. This is Ricky Allen. Thanks for stopping by Hebrews at Conversation Cafe. I am happy that you have joined us for this Moroccan journey where you will witness the beauty of redemptive love in my highly acclaimed book, Beneath the Sun, Finding Love Where You Are. During our last episode, I shared an audio sample as well as some reader reviews. Rado Stewart and Beatrice Nepal's story of finding love where they were is captivating. Again, Beneath the Sun is in hardback, paperback, digital, and audio formats. Joining me today is Iris M. Williams, author and owner of Butterfly Typeface Publishing. Iris, welcome back. Thank you. I am happy to be back. Much has happened since you stopped by during season one to discuss my book, Candy's Bones Live, which was the first of four books now published by Butterfly Typeface Publishing. I think that's wonderful. I do too. <laughs> Congratulations, by the way. Well, thank you. Thank you. It, it's certainly been a great journey. You know, we seem to have picked up a lot of momentum uh, with the book and getting the word out and then COVID-19 happened. And so it's been a slow 2020 and just uh, getting back in the groove has been somewhat challenging. But I appreciate your words, uh, the words you shared in Beneath the Sun. And I wanted our listeners to hear from you. Uh, again, I can't thank you enough for your expertise in publishing. Can These Bones Live was not my first book published. My first book published was actually Bone of My Bone and Flesh of My Flesh. And I will tell you the experience from publisher one to butterfly typeface publishing is incomparable. Um, the service you provided, the feedback you provided really was instrumental in uh, just renewing my joy for writing. Of course, storytelling was a different thing for me. And so when I sent you samples of the poetry and you read samples of my poetry, you suggested me writing a love story. So I want to just give you an opportunity uh, to kind of speak to that process from your perspective. It's been great for me. And now we're two books past that moment when my writing became not just technical life help, but now it's more creative life help. Well, um, thank you very much for, for your, your very kind words. And um, it's interesting because I don't see myself as a publisher. Um, that is what I do. Um, but I don't view myself as such. I am a storyteller. And I have come to understand that my gift, my passion, my purpose is to assist other people, uh, authors and writers, in telling their stories. The thing that 
uh, is interesting about you and in, in, in your writing is that um, Beatrice and Rado live inside of you. And to me, in my vivid imagination, they have been knocking at your door trying to get out for years through your poetry. And so when I got the glimpses of that in Can These Bones Live, for me, uh, because God gave me the eye and the ear for storytelling, I heard them. I saw them, you know. And so when I made the suggestion to you, I was thrilled that you rose to the challenge and you brought them to life. Uh, They have since become two of my favorite characters. Uh, And so I I was uh, very pleased that you wrote the first book and I was uh, so happy that you didn't kill them, (laughs) that you let them live and that you (laughs) actually brought them back uh, for a a second book in At Last. So thank you for that. That's funny. Well, you know, the (laughs) thing about it is when the story began to write itself, uh, everything from the title to the subtitle just began to flow. Uh, Because I believe love is a subject matter and love is something that everyone desires. Everyone has some idea of. Everyone wants to be loved and to be in love. Even if they've been broken and frustrated, there is in our DNA, in how we're made, there is this need because we were made by love. And so in being made by love, because God is love and God made us, uh, if we're not sharing and experiencing love, then there is just a natural void, a natural deficit in life. And we will try to reprogram our natural responses. Because we've been frustrated or we've been hurt, we've been disappointed by what we've called love and being in love. And in truth, we've been disappointed by people because love does not disappoint. It just became a passion and and it became very real to me to write about finding love where you are. I have experienced in my own life that we call it something we're using. Once again, we're using the same uh, vocabularies, but we're not using the same dictionaries. And love is not generic. It's so easy to transfer our ideals of love to another relationship without really knowing what love is in that relationship. So getting back to Beatrice and Rado, it's just a story of redemptive love. Um, not based on preconceived ideas. They were in a time, a place, and a space where they could truly discover one another and discover love. I have a question for you. Is love something we seek or is it something that is given to you? Um, That is a great question. And and I think, uh, you know, I'm on the other side of of 50 now. And I think my answer to this question was probably quite different a few years back. I've had some time to think about it. I've had some time to grow about it. And I have decided that love is something you, you need to remain open to receive. You know, have you ever met a person and just felt your whole world change? You know, you change, how you think changes, how you feel changes. And how you maneuver in the world changes. And so um, 
So I think you really just have to wait for it uh, because if you seek it, you may not be able to experience it in the manner that you should because you aren't who you need to be for it, if that makes sense. And and I don't mean that just for a romantic relationship, mm. uh, but in all relationships, sometimes we're just immature for the people that we encounter. I think it's just important, you know, for me, I've been single for a while and I've taken that time to try to uh, mature myself and to learn from past experiences so that I can be ready to receive whatever God has for me. To answer your question, I don't think that love is something that you should seek. I just think you should just be open for it when it, fi- when it finds you. Yeah. You know, because in, in your book, Rado and Beatrice, they were uh, both on a vacation uh, trying to relax and unplug and get away from the world. They were out looking to find love. So when, when we ask the question, is it something that you seek or is it something that is given to you? Uh, it is a gift that's mm-hmm. been given to us at birth. God is love. We were just vessels made in and out of love. Mm-hmm. The best we can do and the thing that we should all long to do is just present ourselves and allow God to love others through us. Mm-hmm. So my next question is, how do you measure love? Um, uh, another great question. Um, these days, I measure love the way that God tells me to measure it. Um, in the past, I have listened to society. I have listened to the world and the world will tell you that love hurts, <laughs> you know? So when people make you cry or when you find in a way for a person, you, you think, oh, this has to be love, <laughs> you know? But the Bible doesn't say that. You know, the Bible says love is patient, that it's kind, and that it forgives. You know, there's a whole list, and it doesn't um, keep track of wrongdoings. And and so that's my measure. That's my standard. That's the love that I'm waiting for. I will tell you that um, I have sat and I have thought about um, how did I measure up? Uh, in past relationships to these standards and 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 i i didn't um I didn't measure up, so I know that I had work to do, and so that's why this season of my life has been geared towards getting my house in order, you know because I don't want to just uh, seek those things from someone I want to be able to give those as well well and that's that's awesome and it is the greatest gift. Uh, love is the greatest power in the universe. You mentioned the Bible and what love is according to the Bible. So I want to share with my listeners, if, if you don't know where to find that, in the Holy Bible, 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, will tell you what love is. My last question for you is, what was your favorite chapter in Beneath the Sun and why? Wow. Um, this is a a hard question because, as I've said before, um, I I love Beatrice and Rado, um, and uh, so narrowing it down to one chapter was challenging. But um, I guess chapter seven, uh, change of plans, 
would uh, would be the chapter that I would choose. And and uh, it's the chapter, and I don't want to give too much of the book away for those who haven't read it, but it's the chapter where Rado and Beatrice spend a night together. Um, and for those of you with dirty minds, it's not what you think. <laughs> but uh, dirty minds. <laughs> I know I'm going to say dirty minds. Dirty minds. I'm going to set it up like this. And that way, um, I'm, and I'm setting it up like this because I, I want those who haven't read it, I want them to go read it. And for those who have read it, I want to give you a different perspective on what you read. Rado needed Beatrice. Okay. He didn't ask. And he didn't expect anything of her. But she knew that he needed her. and. Beatrice didn't ask him if he wanted her. She just gave of herself. Um, and I'm going to say here that love is about being vulnerable. But most of us have been so hurt that, you know, we built the walls so that we, we are immune to that vulnerability. Well, now. Wait a minute. Now, thankfully, Rado <laughs> was open to receiving what she, what she came prepared to give. And for me, that's the beauty of this book, because the two of them were open to love. The two of them gave and the two of them were able to receive. So chapter seven was a beautiful illustration of that for me. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It makes me want to talk more about chapter seven. But as you've said, (laughs) I hope our readers will just go out and read the book. You can go to my website at RelateLLC.com. Go to the contact page and just send me a message and let me know that you want to be a part of this conversation. Rado and Beatrice were in a place where there were no expectations. They were in a place where there was no demands. They were in a place where they were open to discover uh, one another. Iris, I appreciate you stopping by. It's been great talking to you and I hope you'll come by again now. You helped me get the word out. We want to give other listeners an opportunity, right? <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Uh, I enjoy talking about uh, books, of course. You know, I love to read. And so with Beatrice and Rado being my favorite couple, it won't be hard for you to get me to come back. <laughs> well, great. Thank you for joining this episode of He Brews It, a Relate LLC production. To learn more, check out our website, RelateLLC.com, and follow us on social media at RelateLLC. Life is a gift, and how we live is a choice. Remember, there is no better time than now for greater discovery. It's time to live life. It's time to live legendary.